Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. The following is a special presentation of Sirius XM Fight Nation. After they said it couldn't be done in Chicago. Are you all in? The elite of the professional wrestling business are back with a brand new promotion of their own. I am all in with all elite wrestling! Live from StarCast 2 in Las Vegas, the site of All Elite Wrestling's debut event, Double or Nothing. This is Breakfast with Busted Open. As promised, Joey Ryan's in the house. Yeah! Okay, we're going to have to have the, uh, the earmuffs. Yeah, oh, come gotta, on. Oh, come on. This is... We got a couple of cheering in the, over here in the front. Kids row. love me. Yeah. Kids love me. I'm like the... Rated R movie that you sneak into when you're 12 or 13. You just you, you know you're not supposed to be there, but it's cool that you are. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't probably is not old enough to remember this, but you know, I was a you know kid that we couldn't afford to have the premium channels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at at midnight when my mom would go to you know I knew that she was asleep. Yeah, I would turn HBO and it'd be like the lines and it'd, it'd be going yeah. like, like scrolling like that and every now and then you're like, oh, nip, slip, oh, yeah. Ah. The, lost, the lost art of scrambled porn. Yeah, <laughs> Spice. Remember that? It's a Spice Jam. Spice Jam, yeah. that was it. I mean, and, and Emmanuel. <laughs> Which one? There was 14. <laughs> I said Emmanuel, all the guys went, <laughs> Not that I wouldn't have any of those on VHS. Now, Joey Ryan, there's a lot to get into because there is the fun aspect, and you do bring the fun when it comes to pro wrestling. Yes, sir. And we'll get into your finisher, and and Mark wanted, for whatever reason, Mark wanted to to see me in your finisher. I don't know why. (laughs) That's a personal thing, maybe. But but, uh, but do you think sometimes it gets lost to how good of a wrestler you are? I mean, you're an accomplished, fantastic wrestler in the ring. Do you, do you feel that sometimes your character and the other things that you do where that art that you bring gets lost sometimes? Um, maybe a little bit when people just see, like, clips or, mm-hmm. like, like, the GIFs or GIFs online. Um, because, like, I, I, the way I look at it is that, that I, I treat it, like, it's a, it's a comedic spot, but I don't, my character in the ring doesn't treat it as comedy. He treats it as his move that he needs to hit to win the match. So it's his uh, world's strongest slam or his pedigree or, or you know, Stone Cold Stunner. So, uh, you know, so I, I have to build to that. I have to build to, you know, uh, wanting to hit it and having it taken away and countered and reversed and then finally hitting it and paying off. So um, as far as that goes, I mean, I feel like, for the, it wouldn't have lasted as long as it has if I wasn't getting people emotionally connected to wanting to see it. You know, if it was right. just the com- no substance. If it was just the comedy, it would have faded out a long time ago. But the fact yeah. that that I can tell the story or the ring psychology around somebody grabbing it is uh, 
you know, shows why it's lasted so long. Well, I, I remember a time when you, you were, did some extra talent work, oh, and sure. uh, I saw you at ringside, and you got in there with somebody. I can't remember who it was, but you, I mean, you looked good, and I, I knew, I was like, wow, that dude's talented. And you ended up gold dust, uh, or now Dustin Ronalds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he pulled you aside and y'all started doing some things and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. The guy was, you know, he was really doing it, doing your thing. And probably maybe a year later, I saw you again and uh, I said, hey man, I remember you. You you were in the ring with Goldust. You did a hell of a job, man. Like, stop holding back, you know, and it's good to see that you stop holding back. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw your progression. Yeah. And um, it you, took a while for me to for it to click for me, but yeah, but it got, for, but I got you there. to believe in yourself. But I got there. Yeah, and you got there, and that's 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 a big that's a big hurdle. What was the thing that made you finally get to that point to where you say, "Look, I'm, I'm hell, I'm Joey Ryan. Better recognize." Um, I stopped. I. <laughs> Uh, I kind of, I, I, it's, it sounds weird, but I stopped caring as much. Like, I didn't, I wasn't so focused on, like, well, if I do this and WWE sees a clip of this, they're, they're never going to sign me. I stopped, well, maybe if I don't, if I don't uh, wrestle with that goal in mind or really anything in mind and I just do it for myself and, you know, what, what makes me happy, um, it kind of opened up a whole new door to professional wrestling for me. And it, like, and that went a long, long way for me finding success on my own terms, you know. It's just I kind of stopped caring about who who I might be offending or who I might who, or how other people's expectations. Yeah, other yeah. people's expectations. And then you you just doing Joey and becoming the man that you you want to be. Yeah, yeah. So that that was it. It was more of just uh, you know just wrestling without really any goals in mind other than to entertain the audience. Wow, that's that's awesome. And it does take like a hundred percent of yourself, I would think, when it comes to Joey. Of we, we've seen characters come and go in pro wrestling over the last decade, you know, where you, there's there's promise. A lot of people are skeptical of you and what you've been able to do with this. I mean, you know, you're a mainstream name now, seriously. And I remember back in the days with TNA, where we all thought as fans you were going to get an opportunity, didn't get that opportunity, and and you had something to prove. And man, you've killed it. You you have to get a lot of credit for that. Well, I appreciate that yeah um yeah it's been yeah, it's been great it's been wonderful uh the support i've received and you know you mentioned that you know i'm a mainstream act and a lot of wrestling fans kind of you know like the the ones that are really passionate about wrestling which is great they're like oh if mainstream people see what you're doing they're gonna it's gonna be embarrassing for wrestling but i feel like my audience is more mainstream than uh that like traditional wrestling fans because the fact that like it's so out there and it's and it doesn't take itself serious and you know like I feel like what turns r mainstream off is when people when they feel like people are trying to fool them like oh we know it's, we know this isn't real um, so people don't want to be tricked but when when you when you put them when you bring them along in the joke and they're in on it they're more receptive to it yeah yeah I I, I know as well as anybody <laughs> being sexual chocolate like that. <laughs> yeah. I felt there were times where I started to entertain myself and I gave a damn about what everybody else thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was out there trying to have a good time and people saw me having a good time, so they came along for the ride. Yeah. And did, did you, ever get, you ever get that feeling where you're ringside and you're like, 
oh, this just came to my mind. This is going to be fun. And yeah. you don't think about, oh, I'm trying to entertain. You think about, I'm having a good time. Yeah, if, if anything, um, with this character, it's, it's, it's helped my improvisation skills because I like to keep stuff open and react to the audience, you know, and yeah. how, what they want, what they need, what they, how they go. And so doing that, it's kind of helped my, like, improvisation skills about doing stuff not planned and doing stuff that just is going to be fun in the moment. And you talk about there's got to be realism too, Mark. And, and, you know, all the ladies that are here in the house for Breakfast for Busted Open know that the strongest muscle is the muscle of love. So there's no doubt that Joey Ryan's using the muscle of love to his, win matches. I don't know what muscle of love you're talking about, but it ain't the brain. Oh, I... <laughs> can, I, can I tell a quick story about uh, when I did extra work and I wrestled you on a SmackDown taping? Um, uh, so I, they called me in. Um, it was actually probably, so I, I live in Los Angeles and the show was in Fresno and uh, Jamie Noble, who, does, who was doing the, the, extra, the extra talent at the time, um, called me up in, in the morning and said, hey, how quick can you be to Fresno? And I said, uh, it's gonna take me like three and a half hours to drive. He's like, get in your car and come right now. Uh, I, I, need a, I need you for an extra spot. I've got locals, but I don't trust any of them. Um, so that was cool that he put that in me. So I got in the car and drove there. And when I got there, oh, you're wrestling Mark. Um, and it was you know, cool. I was like, oh, because like before, you know, I've never, like I, it was always kind of like the, the, the unestablished guys that were, you know, that I would work, that they were trying to like, you know, get, get, the, get them over. But it, this first time I worked with somebody who was already established and already over. Um, and the, the one thing I remember about the match was you, you, you were very loose about it. You said, like, oh, I might do this. I might be do, do this. Be ready for this. And you kind of left it open. And then you're like, and then after the match was over, you did the press slam over the top rope where I go to the floor. Um, and you're like, okay, they want, us, they want me to do this and dump you out after. Um, and then, so you're, <laughs> you're uh, so, you, so I asked you, I said, uh, hey, uh, do, do you need me to place my hands anywhere to kind of get light for you to, to relieve you know, some of the pressure? And then you, you looked at me and you said, how much do you weigh? And I said, eh, like 205, 210. And you're like, I don't need you to get light. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and then to your credit though, like every time I, cause I had long hair there and then I cut it shortly after and every time I did extra work after you're like, man, you had such cool long hair, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and no mustache. Yeah, I didn't, no, yeah, I didn't have a mustache then. Was there anybody, Mark, that you had to do the press slam with that you were like, oh boy, this might be a struggle? Uh, Vader and, and Big Show, like because they were at the limit of my strength and uh, 400 pounds of on a barbell is, you know, already difficult, but mm -hmm. 400 pounds of moving weight is, it's like picking up a giant bag of oil. You know, it's just like it's, it shifts every, so you try to be as steady as possible. But, you know, anything under 300 pounds, I, at that time, I was pretty confident that I could handle it. Um, but, like, Big Show ultimately was, you know, the biggest challenge. And then Vader, right behind him. Everybody else, you know, was, you know, under that. They were in my strength. Joey, what do you got going on for StarCast 2? Um, well, last night we did a, uh, a premiere of the documentary that, that's, that was filmed about me. They, uh, uh, these TV producers followed me around for, well, I should set it up. They, these TV producers 
who are big wrestling fans, uh, you know, before, right before they, they contacted me, they discovered independent wrestling. And they're like, oh, this is the coolest thing. Like, this world is so cool. And they said they, uh, they did a lot of um, research and they kept finding me as being like the most unique independent wrestler to stand out. Yeah. So, um, so they pitched the idea to me. They said, hey, we want to we make a documentary about the day, your day-to-day uh, in wrestling. And... Um, and you know you don't. You, well, we're gonna shadow you. You won't know we're there. You don't have to pay for our travel. You don't have to pay us. We just want to do this because we love wrestling. Um, and so I said, sure, because it was easy. You know, I just had to be me. Um, so they followed me around for about two years, and um, they got some really cool stuff. Um, they got you know like me and Cody wrestling in the cage match at the Cow Palace. They got um, me working with Mick Foley in Ireland. They got Candice's farewell um, match um, before she went to NXT. Um, and they got some really cool stuff, and it's getting really good reviews. And I, you know, to me, the story's boring. It's just, oh, this is me. This is my life. But it seems to be really connecting with people, and um, and it's really cool that it's gotten such praise and it's got such good reviews so far. So um, we're excited to see. We have it on a festival circuit right now, um, and uh, you know, and then after that, we're going to try to get a distribution deal if it's got, if it gets good hype. Um, which is the point of the festival circuit. Uh, we can maybe work on a distribution deal or a streaming service um, to release it to, for, the, for, the, for, for a wide release. But um, last night, uh, you know, Starcast Conrad said, you know, hey, we, we should do a premiere of your movie here. We've got tons of wrestling fans here. And it, and it went great last night. So that was cool. And then today I have a um, meet and greet from one to three, and then I'm out. All right, awesome. All right, Joey Ryan, everybody. Joey Ryan. Thank you so much for the time, Jerry. I appreciate it, man. Awesome stuff. When we come back, this is a one I'm really looking forward to. Stevie Ray's going to be here. Stevie Ray! Right here when we're back on Busted Open. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Mark, you know, you know, Obviously, being on this stage, you are the Hall of Famer, but you know what? You got to share that a little bit now. Yeah. Because we're joined by another Hall of Famer, Stevie Ray here, live on Busted Open. Man, I'm, I tell you what, man, like, as it's, it's, it's funny as um, Booker is, Booker, he gets it from his brother. He gets it. He's the big brother. <laughs> Big brother, soul brother number one, <laughs> Stevie Ray. Hey, yeah, man, um, that's the rumor. You know, that's the rumor. <laughs> I don't think it's a rumor. <laughs> so uh, did Book ever get out of line growing up and you had to, like, bring him back to earth? Yeah, but I can't, I can't uh, tell any of the stories, you know. <laughs> I can't tell any of the stories, but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, was, there you know, some, was there some of those moments where it's like, Mama? No, no, no. I, uh... You know, remember when he uh, went into the uh, Hall of Fame as an individual wrestler? Uh, I uh, told one of the stories about my brother, and it, it cracked the whole it cracked the whole place up. And uh, and I, you know, I don't want to put him on blast again. That was a big moment. So you know, I think everybody remembers that one. It was a, he uh, he would try to follow me and my friends. You know, he's like five years younger, so he's like trying to five and a half. He trying to follow me and my friends, and we would just run and leave him, you know. <laughs> so he was, he was like fall out in the middle of the street and start crying, you know. <laughs> so sounds like me. And, and you know, we used to stop and go back. Okay, hey man, let your brother come with us. And I was like, okay, man, we go back and get him and pick him up. 
bring him with us, you know. Then we got to the point where it's like, hey, man, I'm not going for this anymore, you know. So we would leave him down. <laughs> <laughs> and we come back uh, an hour later, he's still there. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you knew he was committed. He was still laying in the same spot oh, that he was an hour later. So I, I told that story at the Hall of Fame in 2013. So what being, was the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Like now being in the Hall of Fame and getting the respect, dude, that was so long, you were so much deserving. Um, was, was there ever a point where you felt like uh, you weren't getting your just due? You know what, man? I don't really look at professional wrestling like a lot of other guys look at professional wrestling. I look at my life more than I look at professional wrestling. A lot of other people and fans, and I appreciate that, talk about the Hall of Fame and things like that. But when I get up every day, man, I'm not thinking about the past. I'm thinking about the present and the future. Wow. So, you know, I'm thinking about things I want to accomplish and things I want to do. So when the Hall of Fame thing came, it was just like out of the blue, you know, because I never really sweated it like that, you know. It would always, you know, you kind of, it's in the back of your mind a little bit, but it's like, man, if you caught up on that, then you just caught up on sitting still. So it was a great honor, but no, I, I never really looked at like overdoing things like that. I think everything happens when they're supposed to happen. Wow, and what a positive, healthy way to look at life, Mark. And boy, I mean, I wasn't expecting us to do a show, <laughs> Breakfast with Busted Open in Vegas, where we've really hit some emotions and some yeah. deep thoughts here, you know, with JR and Cowboy. with Cowboy James Storm, and now here with Stevie Ray, because, man, what a healthy way to look at life. Because it's easy to accomplish something and then hang your hat on that accomplishment. But for you to wake up every single morning and say, all right, well, what am I going to accomplish today? today. Yeah. What am I going to accomplish over the next 24 hours? I mean, yeah. that's such a healthy way to look at life. Well, you know, that's just me, period. You know, I look at professional wrestling to me was just a chapter in my life. And I look at my life as a chapter, as a book, rather. And my whole life is not professional wrestling. It was a big part of it, but it, not my whole life. I accomplished a lot of things before professional wrestling, and I'm accomplishing a lot of things now, you know, with my uh, community work and things of that nature and working with politicians back home, so on and so forth. And not only that, I'm also writing a documentary that uh, might go into play later on this year. So things like that is what really get me hyped up, man. And as long as, you know, when I go somewhere, I go to a store or something like that, and people still, hey, man, are you Stevie Ray? I know I left a residual. Right. This documentary, can you tell us a little bit about the documentary you're working on? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. No, actually, you know, I work with uh, Houston Community College. And uh, Houston Community College back home in Houston, Texas, they opened. Uh, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'm one of the community liaisons. And uh, me and my partner in crime, OG Scott, who was at my uh, Hall of Fame inductee uh, a few, a month or so ago. And uh, they opened up a, uh, another division to the South Campus where they're teaching trades and getting kids, you know, from the inner city to come in and qualify for these trades so they can learn something to do something in life. Now, back when I was in school, that was an everyday thing, but I guess over the years, all that stuff has kind of transpired and went somewhere else and everything is kind of like, you know, government subsidies so on, so on and so forth. So when they opened this up, they were trying to get people to sign up and see if they qualify. And that school, over the last 15 years, had only had enrollment of like 170 people. Me and my 
partner in crime, O.G. Scott, got 1,500 kids. Wow. Wow. You know. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Like, you know, you're just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm in Houston all the time. You know, you have my phone number. Like, if you ever need me, you know, to call me, I'd be Most definitely. happy to come and Most definitely. Uh, do whatever I can, donate, uh, definitely. As a matter of fact, my time in there. the uh, documentary that I'm writing is an educational documentary. Well, I want to use wrestling as an educational tool because everything we see with wrestling is about teaching wrestling. Well, the documentary is that I'm going to take some kids from Houston Community College and we're going to document them putting on their own professional wrestling show. Wow. Wow. And to raise money at the same time. Whereas they don't know anything about wrestling, so we will teach them everything about behind the scenes. And Which is important because yes. there's not a lot of uh, people that look at it. Right. But there are just as many or more jobs yes. behind the camera than yes. there is in front of it. And you can parlay those jobs into other forms of the entertainment world. Yeah, and, and I, I try to tell people that uh, the, the lighting, yes. the sound, yes. uh, all of the technical work, scaffolding, the scaffolding yes. or grips. Yes. Or, uh, and, and I was like, my tech guy. Those guys, yeah. Like, so I that's mean, what we're going to be doing. And we got some of the local politicians involved and we even have the mayor involved. Nice. So I'm pretty proud of this if we can get it off the ground and make it happen. Now, I know you're always looking at the next accomplishment. You're always looking at today and tomorrow. But do you still get chills every once in a while when you get a, a bunch of wrestling fans together chanting your name, Stevie Ray? I mean, does that still give you chills when yeah. you hear the wrestling fans chanting Stevie Ray? You know, <laughs> that'll always give you chills, man. And that's why I say I appreciate the fans, and that's why I've always made time for the fans because without the fans, we're nothing. There's nothing. You know, without the fans, we are nothing. And whenever someone recognizes myself, or like Big Mark right here, man, that's something. I mean, you, you know, you left, a, you left a mark. Yeah. You know, you left a mark, man. And uh, my daughter graduated college three years ago and going to her graduation, I'm like bombarded with students from Sam Houston State University. And I'm like, these kids know me? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you never t I told my daughter, you never told She's like, yeah, the people come up to me all the time, you know, because of the social media thing. You know, it, it is what it and is. And then with the WWE yeah. Network now, yeah, being able exactly. to watch some of the exactly. other footage and everything else. Stevie Ray, a true Hall of Famer. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You bring me up here for five minutes and then try to kick me off the stage? Nobody's kicking you off the stage. You stay here the whole like, time. Dave McGregor, you did this before on the, on the radio show. When you woke me up in the morning while I was eating breakfast, didn't try to kick me off before I even get through. Yeah. Why am I always- You didn't get to finish your cereal. What? Let me ask you something. Don't ask right? me nothing. No, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> Why is when anything good happens on the show, Mark, I don't thank, know you, Mark thank you so much, Mr. You Henry. Know. It's always a pleasure. When something goes bad, LaGreca this, LaGreca yeah, that. Yeah, LaGreca this and LaGreca that. I'm getting tired of you, man. And you are always my favorite. I never liked Booker T. Stevie Ray was my guy. <laughs> And now I get this from you? Don't you try to butter me up. See that backstroke? Try to butter me up. <laughs> I was always a Stevie Ray. All my friends would say, Booker T this, Booker T that. You know, Spinneroo and all that. I was like, no, the Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. <laughs> Stevie Ray, thank you so much. No problem, man. Thank Appreciate you. Hall of Famer Stevie Ray. When we come back, another Hall of Famer. When Mark and I are back right here, I'm busted open. <laughs> 
If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Mr. Unstoppable himself, DDP's in the house. Thank you. And it's amazing to me, DDP, every time we have you on, we could do a other, another hour interview because I don't know if there's anybody more busy than you right now. I, you know, I've actually slowed down over the last couple months because we had so much, so much yet happening going into uh, New Year and coming out and going into the Super Bowl. We had a guy that, uh, Vance Hines, a district attorney from uh, Dallas, he lost 198 pounds in one year and documented everything. So that video did 26 million views in five days. Now it's up to, it was December 26 we put that out. Now it's like 38 million views or something. But a lot of people wanted to hear, talk to me about that. You know? And then my new book came out, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. And along with that, we created a contest, which is the Positively Unstoppable Challenge for a million bucks. And this is a shoot. Anyone in North America could have joined. The last day to join would have been um, uh, the end of January. January 31st is the last day you could join. And it goes for four months. And we're looking for the, you know, the best transformation in four months physically and mentally. They, they got to write a paper. You know, there's certain questions we're going to ask them. Um, and it was really set up all around the book. And then we're going to bring the two finalists. I, I, I'm not even in charge of how it goes together. I'm paying a big company in New York City to do this. And um, they'll get it down to 10, and then we'll, they'll weed it down to the last two. And those two people were flying to Atlanta, GA, you know, where, where we filmed The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, yep. what I call the accountability crib. Now that's an Airbnb. And you could stay in Jake's suite or the Razor Ramon suite or the DDP suite. And what's funny is when Jake comes through, we just block that room off and no one can rent it. So you could be getting coffee one morning and look over and here comes Jake rolling over <laughs> with his shorts and his shirt off, bare feet chomping on something and just go, what the hell? Uh, but it's, it's only once in a blue moon, you know, because he sometimes when he comes to the East Coast, it's like, dude, why don't you just stay there? So, uh, you know, the crib, you know, that's where we're going to bring the people here, put them up at the crib, and then we're going to take them over to our DDP Yoga Performance Center, and we're going to give two contestants a chance to win a million dollars. A million dollars. A million dollars. Kind of like that deal or no deal thing where the minimum prize will be five grand, you know, the minimum. And that's a pretty good deal for just being in the best shape. But I hope to God, and I want nothing to do with it because it's a whole lottery type thing, you know. It'd be a hundred books on the wall. Somebody picks that book, the big book, with a million bucks in it, it's going to go everywhere. But the news that was the most exciting to me um, was that I had uh, um, finally put together our partnership with the NFL alumni. And because of the book coming out, I started with it in January. 
So I went from New York to LA, and they just did probably between there and being home about 120 interviews. And halfway through, I lost my voice. So I went to see my ENT, ears, nose, and throat specialist. And he's like, dude, you're small. And he goes, but it's not bad yet. Let me give you, you know, a cortisone shot, and it'll bring it down. Thinking like a normal person, I'll back off and you know, talk like a normal person. But I went out and hit it hard. Then I've spent four days on Radio Row. And when I tell you it's 60-some interviews in those four days, that might be light. And what happened on my second day, because I was getting such an unbelievable response, I went by to see him again. And I'm like, Doc, I can't talk, and I need my voice. So he hit me again. Now, if I'm 24 or 40 years old, and if I don't have any real throat issues, probably not that big a deal. But I have serious throat issues, and have for years, and this right side of my throat, what if I found out, is completely paralyzed. The left side is 50% paralyzed. So I'm using 25% of my voice to talk to you right now. So, and you know the way I talk, yell and scream and at times, and uh, bottom line is, I went back out there, got on the field, and I just kept going and pushing. And I had to be on, on the day after the Super Bowl, I went all the Super Bowl parties and everything, didn't touch a drop of liquor, because I thought it would kill me. And I did everything I needed to do, and I had two, um, two NFL players that were gonna meet me on the day after the Super Bowl, one's a uh, son who played three years, and he played on the line, so you know he hit every time. And his dad played on the line and played for the uh, Eagles for five years. He's 72. And I'm talking to him like this, because I've still got some voice. And uh, took him through it, and these two guys are gonna be amazing transformations for, for on the NFL line. And so, at that point there, my voice shut off for seven weeks. Wow. It was wow. scary, it was scary. Dallas, I, every time I see you, you look younger. Brenda, did you hear that? <laughs> and, and she just stood up, look, look at it. That's his wife right there. He said every time look he at, sees me, he said, stand, stand right there, look. Listen guys, these people look amazing. And a lot of that is, is the byproduct of the work that they yep. do. And I, I'm, I'm just amazed that, you know, like, how, how old are you now? Um, I'm going to tell you Brenda first. Brenda is 56 and looks like 56? that. 56? I'm, I'm telling you. And, and I just turned... You, there's no way. There's no way. Like, y'all didn't sell y'all soul to the devil or something. <laughs> so y'all can stay looking young forever. Like, this is amazing to me. Yeah. And I see the transformations of the guys on the videos. And, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's God's work, man, the, you, for yeah. all the stuff that you do, helping these people. And I remember watching the video of the guy uh, that the doctors told him that he, he needed to be in a wheelchair right. or that he needed to use the crutches. Right. And I saw him do a cartwheel and take off <laughs> running and do a 50-yard sprint. Yeah. And I, I said, you know what, man? I'm going to focus myself on stretching, and I told you, that was probably, yep. what, three years ago? Yep. And I, I've, I've dropped 106 pounds. Dude, you look amazing, though, bro. And you look amazing. It's, it's primarily due to the fact that, you know, my, my coach always said, if you could jump over a broomstick, you know, then you could, you could do anything. So 
Um, now I do a lot of bounding, like you know, you just jump, hop, 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 little rabbit hops all all around the room and in in place, dancing. Anybody like dancing? Like dancing? Couple people. Okay, my man, my man right here. He see. He said, I'll, "I'll call your ass up here in a minute. He had you up here doing a running man or something." <laughs> but but it's like I I love the fact that you get people moving. Yeah, that's and, key. And that's they, pivotal. Yeah, and it's it's like it's, it's, you're never too old. You know, like you, if you can jump over a broomstick, then you could do all of this, these, these exercises. Unbelievable uh, to see what people are doing and the transformations that they're going through and how good you feel uh, afterwards. Absolutely. Unbelievable. I, I tell people all the time, you want to you wanna feel good about yourself? Help somebody. And it works. You know, yeah. I've got two of my daughters working for me now at the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And they love it because what's happening, it like it's it's helping people, and they feel good. It isn't just a job, you know? yeah. And and if if you never are able to speak again, the work that you've done speaks volumes wow. for you. Right. Hey. Um, I'm gonna try to keep this voice up. <laughs> I'm just I, I just don't push it. Like I went and got one of those little misters, you know, for <laughs> so it's I can get the moist air and, and keep it because here it's dry Does anybody notice that yeah. it's dry well and i and i want to give you credit too and and you know you talk about the how strong positivity can be on somebody for you to go through what you were going through and just for you fans if you don't know radio row is around super bowl and it's just every radio station comes to one place so when when dallas is saying he was doing interviews for radio row it's this radio station, this radio station, this radio station, this, I mean, one after the other after the other. For this man to be going through those problems, but want to get that point across to the country and to the world and to sacrifice himself to do those interviews, I mean, all the credit in the world to you, sir. It because you could have easily just taken a knee and taken it off, and you didn't do that. You know, it's huge, and, and because of you know, being on Joe Rogan, which is, he is the new voice of our generation today. I mean, Joe is so strong. Um, being on him, then Jake was on him, and then the thing with Lance, and then the book, and the NFL alumni, it just took our company and went And now it's like really, like one of my goals is to make DDP yoga, or as I'm branding it now, DDPY, and I'm really focusing on that because and it'll always be DDP Yoga, the company, but I want people to call it DDPY so they stop calling it just yoga because it's not. It's never been. I never developed it for yogis. I developed it for regular people that wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga, to be quite frank, because I was one of them. And I know when I got done with wrestling and I decided that was, this is going to be my life, I could have easily shifted into that yoga world and the whole namaste thing. Wouldn't have been being true to myself, but I know I could have been a mega guy in that world too, but it wasn't what I was looking for. We have a new uh, documentary coming out probably around the end of summer, going into Christmas, somewhere around there. It's called Relentless. And it's a story from where I blow my back out with Nash, and it's not that moment, because that was a TV shot we took, um, but it was at a house show. And it wasn't the bump, it was the straw on the camel's back bump that ruptured my L4 and L5. And for you to understand that, think of your incredible spine that God gave you. And in between that, 
he, he or she, whatever, whoever they are, you know, have put discs, these magic bumper pool type, you know, springboards in between your spine. Well, you only get to fall down so many times. Some people get to do it more than others, but you only fall down so many times and you take a really bad bump and think of a jelly donut and here's your disc, it's gone. So now it's bone on bone. Now this is excruciating. I was told by three of the top spine specialists in the world, I'm never gonna wrestle again. And I mean, I'm like, no, come on. And around that time, uh, it was Kimberly who introduced me to yoga. And I was like, I'm not doing fucking yoga. You know, and she's like, come on, you got to try it. You know, what if it helps you? Because I'm really a guy who's open to everything, but I just wasn't raised. I, I've made fun of yoga, so I get it, <laughs> you know. Um, so um, I tried it, and it really started helping me very quickly, but it wasn't giving me everything. And that's why I mixed the yoga positions with the rehabilitation techniques, with the old school calisthenics, with the dynamic resistance, which jacks your heart rate up. I just started working, you might, might have heard of him. His name is Chip Smith. Him and Trip, his son, Trip Smith, they have uh, the, uh, the Smith uh, Hammer uh, Strength, I can't, they're in Tampa, um, they're in, um, in, uh, in Georgia, and they have put two, over 2,000 players in the NFL, their combines, and they coach the Chinese Olympic team. I mean, these guys are the greatest strength coaches. They get some of the best results, especially for the NFL. Well, they brought me in to see what I'm doing, and they're like, we want this to be part of our toolbox. So that's another, because the young guys, it's like if I can help you stay on that league, stay in that mat. You know, Jericho and Dustin are two of the best examples I can give. They're both going to be in the main event. One's 49, the other's 50. Well, Dallas, I, I don't consider it yoga because I, I've seen it uh, other places, but I watch you in one of the videos do the wall sit. Yeah. And for, the, for those of you that actually have back issues, if you can put your butt near a wall and put your legs up in the air and just let gravity hang down, like it'll do wonders. Like that was, thank you for uh, putting that out because that was one of the things that uh, I implemented with my back right. because I have a back issue uh, and it's, it's been doing wonders for me. So I, I, I love the fact that, you know, y'all are actually posting all these things and, you know, it makes you want to buy Right. All the other packages right. because right. he's like, what else can you fix? <laughs> where can where could our fans go to find out all this information to, to buy your book and also find about everything well, that you got going on? Well, the book I tell everybody to go to Amazon.com, AmazonPrime.com because it's uh, the cheapest. It's only like sixteen bucks there. Um, and uh, DDP Yoga. So a lot of people still want DVDs, which blows my mind. How many DVDs you sell? But go to ddpyoga.com. It's that the, visual. It's the visual. They want to grab it. They want to feel it. But the yeah. other people who are the younger people who get the app, because our app has over 180 workouts on it. And it's, everything's at ddpyoga.com, but it's not just that. Those workouts start in bed. Like, you can't get out of bed? I got three workouts for you now. And then I'll teach you how to work out in a chair. Then I'll teach you how to use a chair, and then I'll show you how to get the beginner, intermediate. It eliminated all excuses. And there's also one for everyone out here in Vegas. The next morning, if you have a hangover, one that's specifically for that. It's the absolute Absolutely. truth, because I've done that a couple of times. All right, can you stick around for a little bit sure, while? Sure. All right, when we come back, more DDP+. Plus. 
I told everybody had a homework assignment on Wednesdays, right, to watch Dark Side of the Ring. Evan Husney of Dark Side of the Ring is going to join us, too. We're back right here. I'm busted open. I love that show. I love that show. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Well, one final segment with the nation out here in Las Vegas, Tuscany. Breakfast with Busted Open. DDP still hanging around, and somebody that we talked to before on Busted Open. I know everyone's been talking about this series, and it has a lot of buzz about it, and I hope it's been renewed for a second season. Producer Evan Husney joins us here on Busted Open. And Evan, you have to be happy with the reaction for Dark Side of the Ring. And rich. Oh, no, definitely not that. I'm rich, man. But yeah, oh, just blown away. Yeah, it's so awesome to see everyone, uh, you know, embracing the show, talking about it, you know, being stoked about it. It was a dream for us to make as wrestling fans. I mean, you know, from being five years old to loving this uh, business and then being able to tell these stories and have families and people trust us with these stories has just been like, it's been amazing. You know, it's awesome. My, my son is, is 13 years old and I know that it's, uh, he's a little young to be watching Vice, right. but it's, there has yet to be something with all these issues being so serious, there's yet to be one thing that was like completely untouchable. Like, did you purposefully make a balance of uh, putting together these stories to where they were uh, palatable for young people? Yeah, I think I think what we wanted to do is, you know, obviously we want to tell wrestling-centric stories that the show's about, but we're focusing on human stories. That was what we really wanted to tell. It was like, oh, oh, thank you. Tech guy. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's hard to hear how loud I am. Um, no, we wanted to focus on like, human stories and, like, emotional stories because there's so many of them in the wrestling world. And we wanted to make a mix of stories that were like, you know, you have the Montreal Screwjob, which is, you know, has a certain level of stakes to it, but then... You know, you have the Von Erichs, which is like this, you know, cosmically tragic story. So we tried to give it like a nice balance, but also try and tell uplifting emotional stories. What 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 story out of out of the ones, all the ones that y'all did, did you feel like you was the most sensitive, being with the families? Gino. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. The question for you. Him. See how I looked at him. <laughs> He's right. He's right. He's That's how right. I look at my wife when I'm trying to say something. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I just, just I, cut me completely off. I didn't cut you off. I just answered forever. Well, you know, you're right. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Gino Hernandez was this, you know, uh, he was a, a star of the 80s and he was on track to be probably go on to even become more successful, but he tragically passed away at the age of 28. And uh, his family and wrestlers and all felt that his death, his untimely death, was actually an, an unsolved murder. And so we went into this only knowing the rumors and innuendo of, of, of wrestling, and specifically with this story. And then as we talked to his family, you know, we realized his family for over 30 years has believed that he was murdered. So it was like this heavy burden on us in terms of trying to figure out if we could help and what happened, you know. And so that process was just every week was an emotional roller coaster, <laughs> you know. I found that um, the fabulous Moolah was very controversial and... Uh, the thing that, that, that really set home to me was uh, at the end mm-hmm. when they said that uh, if people are calling her a pimp, then 
you're calling me a whore and that's not yeah. right. Yeah. And I, I, I was like really blown away with the fact that there's people that have done uh, bad things in, in this world, but if they made an indent on our world, they should be remembered for what they did good, not just what they did bad. Yeah, and these are the conversations that we're having like in this time period, like, you know, in the post Me Too kind of world of like, should we be separating art from artists and, and legacy from things? And, you know, it's very complicated. And I think we tried to, in that episode, try and show all sides of the story and show really how complicated it is to re-examine someone's legacy who had such an impact on, you know, one side of it. You know what I mean? And y'all so. y'all didn't play into the sexuality part of it, no. which I, I, I thought was good because you were able to actually... Uh, just tell the story and not let yeah. it become something altogether different, right. which you easily could have. Yeah, yeah. No, I think for us it was just more about the stories of these women, you know, who uh, came up through Mula and had their experiences with with her, and 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 they're varying. They're all, you know, they're different types of experiences, and just wanted to show those, you know, and have their stories be heard. DDP, have uh, you been able to catch any of Dark Side? I, I haven't seen Mulia, but I've seen her. My, my my favorite one is Brody, and uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you know, and of course there's that screw job. <laughs> but uh, the, the Gino one, I, you know, you know who if you're one of us, you know who he was. Right. But I never knew the detail of yeah. his. Uh, I got. Oh, I never knew the detail of his. Uh, uh, how over he was, and you know, and the mystery of his death. And what I wanted to ask you is, yeah. uh, you know, because I have friends of mine who are detectives who work on cold cases. Yeah. Did that spark anything for? Um, well, there, there was like a private investigator who contacted me. And at first I was like, oh man, I hope it's not like, you know, people from the other side who are trying to find out stuff <laughs> on me. But, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, being so, for me, being so into the story and the research, I personally tend to believe it was an accident. That's what I want to believe still. I know he chose to hang around people that were, you know, um, shady, so to speak. But I do think that, you know, we, at, at, as wrestling fans, we always get wrapped up into the most sensational, crazy version of the story. We want to believe the most wild version of the story. But that means we have to believe that this wrestler was murdered by cocaine, you know, which is... Right. I killed a lot of people. Yeah. It's killed, just, killed a lot of people, man. Exactly. I can't imagine, you know, when I think about it, what he would have done, because he was like literally moments away from WWE probably grabbing yep. him, you know, and he, that guy, yeah. he was very Ric Flair-esque, but still they had their own thing going, but they, he was in that Flair category. The Burnett Ric Flair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know I'm not the only one that wants to know, like, um, going on and, you know, what, what's next? Like, uh, what stories? And I, I sat around thinking like, man, what would be another a good story to, 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 well, to see if y'all... There's tons of them. There's so many that we want. Well, we need to see Can we get too. like a couple? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, well, the, 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 some of them I gotta keep close to the, close to the okay. chest, just because we haven't reached out to family and we want right. to be respectful and stuff. But we were supposed to do eight episodes for season one. So we started work on two different episodes that, that we couldn't finish. We had to pause those. And one of those is the murder of Dino Bravo, which we had about, we're about 80% done. We, we got to run, Evan, because we're, we're getting towards the edge. So just promise me we're going to get a season two of it's this series, It's looking pretty good. Please. It's looking pretty good. 
So. I, what are you talking about? Most of the people never even heard of the channel until the show started. <laughs> Dark true. Side of the Ring. Evan Hunter, Yo, thank you so much for the, the time. Man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. DDP, thank you so much for everything that you always do for this show. You've been a supporter since day one. Day one. And I man. really appreciate it. And thanks to the Busted Open Nation for coming out today. Breakfast with Busted Open. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.